This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Today is Sunday, December 29th, 2019. On this day in 1888, Seven-year-old John Gill was found murdered in his suburb of Bradford, about 200 miles north of London. The brutality of the killing led the police and the press to link the crime to Jack the Ripper's Whitechapel murders. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today we're covering the murder of John Gill, a seven-year-old boy who was brutally murdered and mutilated, found just a stone's throw from his own home. Let's go back to December 29, 1888, just outside of Bradford, England. Bradford was in a flurry. The little Gill boy had disappeared on Thursday, December 27th, just two days after Christmas, and not long before his eighth birthday, poor thing. His parents were in agony, and no wonder. They'd searched everywhere with the help of their neighbors and the local police on the 27th, then through the night and into the wee hours of the 28th. Still no John. He was a good kid, too. A bright little fellow and a general favorite, as the ad announcing his disappearance proclaimed Friday morning. He wasn't the type to just run off, certainly not on a cold December day. Everyone was baffled and concerned. Even Joseph, the butcher's assistant, the young lad whistled a soft tune as he went round to his master's stable to yoke up the horse. It was right about 7 a.m., time to start the day's trading. A good whistle was energizing this time of the morning, but the stable was just a few doors away from the Gill home, and he didn't want to whistle too cheerful a tune out of respect. A few chores to do around the place, he swept up, and went to deposit the horse droppings in the manure tank. But then he noticed something wasn't right. There was an odd bundle in the corner by the cart shed doors. It had no business being there, not in his barn. He walked up to the thing, confused and vaguely unsettled. When he looked closer, the feeling burst into full-fledged horror. That was no innocent bundle of cloth. It was the missing Gill boy, or rather, his corpse. Joseph ran out of the barn to the nearby bakery. The bakers wasted no time following him back to the butcher's stable. There in the corner, just as the lad had reported, was a body. Wrapped up in his coat, he looked oddly peaceful 
if not very, very pale. But as the men unwrapped the cloth, they realized just how brutal the child's end must have been. His legs, arms, and ears had been cut off. His organs had been carved out of his body and placed on top of him. Taking their place in his empty chest and abdomen cavity were his shoes. A noose was tied around his neck and peppered across his body were stab wounds. Finally, there were the clothes. Everything John had been wearing when he disappeared two days before was accounted for. The midshipman's cap, the plaid knickerbocker suit, the red and black stockings. Yet none of it was dirtied with even a speck of blood. In fact, there was an odd lack of blood on or around the body in general. John was so clean. Later, a police surgeon determined that the bloodless body had the appearance of having been washed both outside and inside and then allowed to drain. The murder, investigators determined, hadn't happened in the butcher's stable, but the body had been deposited here just down the street from John's parents, like a twisted Christmas gift. Coming up, we'll explore the aftermath of John's murder, including the suspicion that it was the work of Jack the Ripper. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now, back to the story. On December 27, 1888, 7-year-old John Gill disappeared from his hometown of Bradford, England, Two days later, early on December 29th, he was found. His mutilated corpse had been left in a stable a stone's throw from his own home. Thanks to the brutal dismemberment of the body, police almost immediately wondered if the killing was related to the similar crimes of Jack the Ripper down in London, about 200 miles south. They suspected they had a copycat on their hands and they quickly found a suspect for that role. John Gill was seen riding on the 23-year-old William Barrett's milk delivery cart the morning of his disappearance. The milkman was arrested by noon on December 29th. Witnesses told police that Barrett was acting strangely around the time of the murder, including carrying a bundle early on the morning on which the remains were found. He was heading in the direction of the butcher's stable at the time. The police also found currants in John Gill's stomach during their autopsy, which, according to one contemporary newspaper report, could have easily come from a currant cake found in Barrett's home. These connections raised investigators' hackles, but they were circumstantial and the last place John was seen was sledding with a few pals, not on Barrett's cart. 
he was discharged. No one was ever prosecuted for the crime. The murder went unsolved. But long after the case went cold, one writer began to wonder if there was a possibility the local police hadn't considered back in 1888, that the crime wasn't the work of a Jack the Ripper copycat, it was the work of Jack the Ripper himself. The writer's name was Patricia Cornwell, and she explained her theory in her 2002 book, Portrait of a Killer, Jack the Ripper, Case Closed. Cornwell and other amateur sleuths bring forward several pieces of evidence for the claim. First of all, a letter, allegedly written by Jack the Ripper, was sent to the police in November, the month before John's murder, threatening to kill a youth. Secondly, there was a report that a man questioned over Jack the Ripper's Whitechapel murders was seen near where John's body was found. And finally, after John's murder, a local man came forward to claim that on the evening before John went missing, he returned to his home to a strange scene. Two carving knives were lying on his table. Beside them was a note, which on one side read, Half past nine, look out, Jack the Ripper has been. On the other, it read, I have removed down to the canal side. Please drop in. Yours truly, suicide. Police concluded that the odd assemblage was a practical joke. They similarly dismissed two apparent Ripper letters after the murder as hoaxes. One read, I ripped up little boy in Bradford. The other, sent in January 1889, referenced my trip to Bradford. Like the hints tying Barrett the milkman to the crime, these connections are intriguing, but ultimately far from substantial proof. And considering that Jack the Ripper's victims were all women, not boys, the conclusion that the Ripper killed John Gill may be more wishful thinking than reality. It's hard to accept that such a brutal killing as little John Gill's is still unsolved. Whoever mutilated this helpless child's body walked free, whether it was Barrett, the Ripper, or someone else entirely. But the killer is dead by now, too, even if they live to old age. If nothing else, justice was served by the ticking clock of time. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more stories like this, check out ParCast Original, Unsolved Murders. Today in True Crime is a ParCast Original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast Originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast Originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime.
Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler, is a production of Cutler Media, and is part of the Parcast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Andy Waits, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Nora Battelle, with writing assistance by Maggie Admire. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Thank you.